Welcome to We Are BU, a podcast brought to you by Bethel University Athletics and Eyes Up Mindset. I'm John Shirky here with my friend, my teammate, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you. You as well, man. Uh, what an what an opportunity we get today to talk. We it's not a sport that we're talking about today, but it is a vital part of the university's athletic programs and. It has become, and one of the cool things that we've gotten to do in having these couple conversations, highlighting strength and conditioning is, is talk about how that, the role of strength and conditioning has changed in university athletic programs over the course of the last 10, 15, 20 years since we played, it's evolved in a, in a really dramatic way. And, and our two guests today get to speak to that and then how to integrate faith and the various programs that they get to work with, just a really cool, cool opportunity. Absolutely. Taylor Brown, former alum, played hockey there. I think he said 14 to 18, something like yeah. that. And now is a strength and conditioning coach at a Division One school, Lake Superior State, working with the hockey team and a couple of other teams uh, along the way. And, and then the other guy is, you know, if you've been around Bethel Athletics, specifically football, um, but he's, he's everywhere now is Rick Meyer. You know, he started as a strength and conditioning coach and um, a, a awesome story, awesome dude. And, and the juice, man, both of these conversations just are life giving and, and I couldn't be more grateful for those guys. Yeah. When we get done talking to, to coach Meyer, we both sit and we just kind of sit in, in a little bit of, of odd silence because the thing that coach Meyer has done so exceptionally well throughout his tenure is be incredibly relatable, incredibly personal, and still coach you and teach you through that relation, through like through that relationship, through that relatability, through that like just easy entry access conversation. And then, you know, his heart is on display at all times and, and it leave, left our hearts really full. And I know it's going to do the same for you guys. And, and you hear it in the gratitude that Taylor expresses to Rick as well. And so, um, man, just, just a fun opportunity to highlight a part of the sports programs that, that we kind of take for granted. And, and the reason that something cool is happening in Bethel sports is because that thing is the foundation piece. And, you know, maybe the second foundation piece, maybe the second foundation piece, <laughs> quick logistics update. As, as this is coming out, we're mid December here. Uh, we are going to, put this one out and then we're going to take a little break. And after the new year, we're going to come back and hit the winter sports hard and with a ton of energy. And I'm excited about that. And we hope that you guys are listening to this. And then you're also spending the holiday season with your family, your people, the people that you love. And um, so we certainly appreciate you guys joining us on this journey and we will catch you for another episode on the other side of the new year. So Enjoy this one. I know it's crazy, Jamie. It's crazy to say we're almost to 22 year. Tw yeah. 2022. No we'll way. see you in 2022. Like John said, uh, you know, blessed Christmas and enjoy that, that opportunity to, to love into your people. Cause, um, it is, it is a blessing that we're given and, uh, obviously remember, remember what the point of this whole thing is too. So, uh, yeah. Taylor Brown, Rick Meyer. Here we go. Now joined by a very special guest, Taylor Brown. Taylor, we didn't know much about you. We still don't really know. So tell us a little bit about you um, 
we got introduced because of Rick Meyer, who is also on this episode. And when I asked him, Hey, who's an alum that's doing cool stuff that has a good story that would be cool to talk to. And he's like, Taylor, I was like, awesome. And so Taylor Brown, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about you and where you're at and what you're doing. Yeah. First off, you know, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, you know, Rick was, uh, is still big, uh, big time mentor for me. Um, you know, I had an incredible experience with him, um, you know, at Bethel and an opportunity as a, as a young coach to get a lot of hours on the floor coaching. So I, I, uh, I owe a lot of, uh, a lot of credit to, uh, that great man for really getting me into coaching and letting me kind of, uh, develop as a young coach. So I want to make sure I give him a shout out for sure. But, um, you know, as you alluded, I'm a Bethel alum. Um, I was, uh, 2014 to 2018. Um, I played ice hockey and, uh, at the university, unfortunately we weren't, uh, weren't a great, uh, a great team, but, uh, um, had an incredible, incredible experience, um, with the, uh, with the program. Um, I'm getting married this summer and I, uh, all, uh, appreciate it. All five of my groomsmen are former, uh, former hockey players from Bethel. Um, so I, you know, I have lifelong friends from the, from the university. And, uh, so I had incredible hockey career at the university again not a super successful team but from a kind of a life standpoint relation standpoint uh incredibly successful um ended up graduating with a biokinetics degree uh from the university um and then from there I went on to the University of Wisconsin um as a GA in the uh um, strength and conditioning department um ended up doing kind of kind of a weird kind of funny story but uh um you know I'm working my way through my master's degree from 2018 to 2019 and uh an opportunity arose actually in my my current job here uh at lake state to take over as the director and get in, into ice hockey from a kind of a sports performance standpoint so i actually ended up leaving wisconsin after a year and completed my master's degree while up here so it was kind of a an awkward um situation weird situation because I completed my master's degree basically all online and this was before COVID so uh nothing was really you know had transferred yet to being online so it was kind of unique in that standpoint um but um on my third year fourth season up here at Lake Superior State University as the director um worked directly with our division one men's ice hockey team handle everything from a sports performance standpoint for those guys. Um, and then I'm also in charge of our men's basketball team, our women's basketball team, our women's volleyball team, um, and handling all their, their sports performance stuff. So speak to, speak to what sports performance looks like from your perspective. Is that, is that strength and conditioning? Is it mental skills and performance? What is, what is your job all encompass? Yeah, I, I think it really encompasses, a lot of different factors. I think the, the outside world sees us as strength and conditioning coaches as, um, you know, we're really singular minded, right? We really care about the sets and the reps in the weight room. Uh, and to be quite honest, that is the farthest thing from what I enjoy about my job. Um, I love connecting with the kids that I work with. I love the relationships that we, you know, as coaches build with these young kids, you know, cause at the end of the day, what really matters to me is 
making sure that these young men and women develop to become really good human beings once, whenever their playing careers are done. And so for me as a coach, you know, sports performance, it encompasses a lot of different things. Yes. You know, we're talking about sets and reps and different principles and methodologies as far as, um, you know, strength training goes and what that looks like, but it also, you know, I'm a psychologist. I'm, you know, trying to connect with these kids on a, on a personal level. So it's a, it's a bunch of different factors. And then you couple in the communication skills that I have to have from an administrative standpoint uh, and trying to get administrators to understand what we do as as sports performance coaches. And so it's a, it's a very multifaceted role. And again, it's another reason why I love doing what I do because every day kind of presents a new challenge. And I think that's uh, uh, I think it's a challenge worth pursuing to be quite honest. So, but it's, it's definitely multifaceted. It's not just one thing or the other. There's no secret about it these days, coaching, whether you're it's technical sports or sports and conditioning or mental performance, it's relationship. Right. And I think Jamie and I have talked pretty extensively in other episodes and we have another podcast. We talk about this all the time, relationships and what Bethel provided for us and you kind of alluded to, hey, you got five guys in your wedding coming up. Those are relationship-based. How did Bethel help prepare you for the role that you're in now in, in terms of that? Because I think there's other people in other programs where it is transactional, right? It's wins, it's losses, it's yeah. success is defined by the outcomes on the sure. ice, on the field, wherever. So talk a little bit about your experience and how kind of Bethel has prepared you for where you're at now. Yeah, I, you know, when I was getting and going through the recruiting process, you know, something that really struck me, and I'm sure it struck both of you about Bethel, was just the sense of community, you know, and obviously being a, a, a Christ-centered community, and that really drew me um, to the school. And so, you know, having that uh, that sense of community and the opportunity to develop more than just base-level relationships, like, that's what really set me up, in my opinion, to be a successful coach and I still take things that I learned from Bethel from a communication standpoint just from a a relationship standpoint and still apply that now and I'm almost four and a half five years removed you know and so it's uh um it was that's what really drew me to the school and and I I think I used those lessons that we that we learned about being a Christ-centered community about you know developing more than just base level relationships and actually truly caring about and listening to others. And I think that's the lessons that I took away from, from Bethel. Um, like, I, again, I have a lot to owe to, to Rick about what that looked like in the weight room specifically, of, of you know, really caring about his athletes and, and truly wanting the, the most out of them, not just as athletes, but as human beings. Uh, you know, one of my favorite, uh, favorite sayings um, that I like to tell my athletes now is that I, I don't coach athletes. I coach human beings who happen to be athletes. And so it's, uh, it's about, you know, building relationships and connecting with them. And that's something that I was fortunate enough to have at Bethel and really uh, um, kind of help hone and develop moving forward. So I, I imagine that the experience at Lake Spears is different than the experience at Bethel. I was, I was a transfer. I, I didn't start at Bethel. And so I had an experience outside of the walls 
there also. And you talk about that Christ-centered environment being such a huge draw for us. How do you, as a Christian, as someone who's moved into a, maybe a more secular space, still have that influence and, and use that part of your life to, to breathe life and love and hope and joy and, you know, all the stuff that, that we were, we were given from our coaches because it was overt and explicit. And we were able to talk about love and talk about, you know, sacrifice to Jesus, like all that stuff was outward and there and at a secular institution, not quite as easy. How are you being able to use some of that stuff? You know, whether it's outward and there's people that are responding to it, or maybe, maybe you got to be a little bit more covert and you're just letting it shine. How, how do you do it? Man, it is a, it's a challenge. I, 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 I won't, uh, uh, I can't sugarcoat it. It is definitely a challenge. Um, so something that I am extremely grateful for being up here is we have a, uh, FCA group of coaches on campus. And so we have a, uh, uh, a pastor who comes over, Jeff Middlestead, who works directly with FCA. Uh, and so we meet every Tuesday, um, as coaches. So I'm the only, uh, um, strength coach that's in the group, but we have our, men's head ice hockey coach we have our women's basketball coach our men's basketball coach our men's basketball assistant coach so it's a good group of people and it's funny that you asked that question because we were just talking about this maybe uh two weeks ago now on tuesday about how can we kind of you know shine our light as far as the love that we have being christians and i don't know if as a group we really came up with an answer because um, other than to just genuinely be ourselves. And if it happens to impact the athletes that we work with, um, to become a Christian through that way, then that's what it's going to be. Um, I don't, I guess I, I, um, don't forward project it other than I try to project that I genuinely care for each athlete and I want what's best for them. And I think that's how I kind of project the, the love that we learn from being Christian, right. Is that we're trying to uh, uh, show the love that Jesus has for us. And as coaches, we're trying to project that light that we want what's truly best for East athletes. So I don't know if I have a good answer for that. Cause I, I really don't know. We were just talking about that actually. So it's, it's funny that you, that you bring that up because I, I think uh, I think you're right. Being in a, this kind of environment is so much different than Bethel. And so you don't want to be so overbearing, but if you can be, who you are and you can, you know, have little opportunities here or there to project yourself as a Christian, I think that's going to be so much more beneficial long-term. And so thankfully, um, you know, there's a group of hockey, hockey fellows that have uh, an FCA group going amongst the players, which is great to hear. Um, I know there's a couple of men's basketball, women's basketball, and actually tennis um, athletes who gather uh, with FCA as well here. So there's definitely opportunities to kind of project that out. Um, my women's basketball team trains at 6 a.m. And so, you know, I'm, I'm over in the weight room getting set up at about 5, 15 a.m. And uh, I'm just blasting music to try to wake up. And I've got, I've got coffee in my hand and we're just going. And uh, one of the girls noticed that I was just blasting Jesus music 5, 15 in the morning And she stopped me after the session and was like, Hey, like love that music. Like you need to keep playing that music as we walk in. Cause it just really made my day. So it's just like little things like that. I think where we can uh, have a unique impact. Which I would encourage you. You do have a good answer. The answer that you gave is, is great. 
Okay. Right? I, I appreciate I, no, that. No, I, I, some people, right. They live their life outwardly evangelical preaching to, to anybody who will listen. And, and we need those people, but we also need people yeah. like you that are living in such a way that people want to be around you. They want to be impacted by you and they know that there's something different and it will open doors. And, and again, people are drawn to different things, right? And so appreciate what you're doing, the, the witness that you are, the man that you have become and continue to be. And, and I think we all owe a lot to Bethel and to, you know, to speak, you said you owe a lot to Rick Meyer. We do too. And we, I don't think we can thank those people enough. And, and sure. uh, the best way to do that is to continue to give, to continue to grow other people and to give it sure. away. So appreciate your time, sir. And we will talk to you again soon. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys. Rick Meyer coach. I welcome to the podcast. We've been looking forward to this conversation, trading text messages and um, getting ready to go. You and I have known each other a lot longer than um, maybe Jamie and I even have known each other. So um, welcome to the podcast. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me. I enjoy listening to you guys' stuff. And then obviously I, I know all about you guys. So it's uh, just fun to see who you were as guys that I got to hang out with as a part of the football program and uh, just around Bethel and now what you're doing too. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, we, we started this a little bit. Now let's, let's rewind and, and have the conversation on here. What does wellness center director mean? Because to us, I don't know that that's a little different than, than what we knew you as, but maybe not. Yeah. Well, I started, what, 17 years ago at Bethel. And uh, with that job, I was a conglomeration of a number of different things. I worked, uh, opened up the, the weight room when I first started. They just told me to open it up. And then they uh, had me doing some things in the equipment room, had me teaching some classes, had me coaching football, and then doing some athletic training. And then over the years, the weight room job has just gotten bigger and bigger. And so um, 2015, we went from a 2000 square foot weight room um, where I was kind of just built it into a strength and conditioning coach uh, part of my job. And then uh, as we built an 11,000 square foot facility, it encompassed a full fitness center, uh, not just strength and conditioning, but it was for our entire university. And so uh, with that, they called that the wellness center. Uh, it was supposed to be joined with uh, counseling services, health services, different things. And so Bethel made a push for uh, personal wellness and uh, overall wellness, emotional, interpersonal, um, all sorts of different parts of the, the, the wellness continuum uh, and well-being, and uh, we made the, the fitness center into a wellness center. Uh, ultimately, it's just a, a really large 11,000 square foot fitness center that I oversee. I help get classes ready to go in our group studio, uh, do all the programming for the entire facility, and then uh, still do strength and conditioning. We kind of have two levels. The top level is mostly fitness. The bottom level is pretty much strength and conditioning down there, but it's amazing However, last even five years, um, the entire world, not just uh, the athletes have made a push to be downstairs. And so the, the lower level is hopping more than maybe you would have ever anticipated it five years ago when we built it. When you say so, lower level, is that more like free weight stuff and less machine weight? Exactly. we got 20, 20, uh, 20 racks and platforms and uh, full weight sets and everything downstairs. So it's all free weights downstairs for our athletes. Uh, and that's pretty much where we, uh, our athletes all live. And then now we're getting a, a major push for our general students to come down there and awesome. fitness has just taken on a whole different mindset. It's no longer just kind of running on a treadmill and pounding your joints to death. It's building strength and uh, strength has become, uh, I'll use this term, it's become sexy in all, all areas of life. Um, just keeps you healthy and uh, is 
way better at, at promoting physical wellness in all areas. So you, you talked a little bit about the transition from, you know, you were strength and conditioning for football coaching and you had a 2000 square foot facility going to 11,000. How has that mirrored, you know, upgrading facilities? How has that mirrored potential on field success for all or court or ice or whatever we're talking about for our programs at Bethel? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. When we, when we had our 2000 square foot facility and both of you two were a part of that uh, back in those days, uh, it really was, we didn't have a window in the place. It was uh it was an old facilities management spot on campus that they just rolled some equipment into. Uh, didn't have uh, air conditioning really well. We had to actually pop a hole in the side of the, the wall and try to put an air conditioning unit in at one point. Um, so it, was, it wasn't your ideal scenario, but what was really cool is the, the ceilings were about at seven feet and everything was just right on top of you. And we packed about 50 to 60 people in that little area. And I'm pretty sure the, uh, the fire department would have said we could have about 20 in there safely but we just packed people in there. And the cool part about it was the, the culture that was established when you're just not, I mean, we used to have a coach, you guys knew coach Miller, but he talked about two rocks being in a pocket. When you got two rocks in a pocket, they're forced to rub up against one another. And when they do that, you, uh, you kind of iron out each other's imperfections. And along the road, as you're ironing out e each other's imperfections, you, uh, you come up looking like diamonds on both sides. And so it was pretty cool when we had kind of that really, really close knit, facility that forced you to rub shoulders and you couldn't kind of hide in the corner. Uh, and when we, when we built this 11,000 square foot facility, the, the whole focus was on not losing that. Yeah, we got a shiny facility. It's really cool, uh, but we didn't want to lose what that culture looked like and the toughness that was installed by that. Uh, and then just uh, the love that, that kind of came out of that room. Guys just loving to be a part of that type of atmosphere. Guys loving one another for the work that they put in. Um, but probably the big difference when you talk about moving from a 2000 square foot facility to 11,000 square foot was accessibility. When uh, I first started again, I was just told to open up the weight room so that anybody that wanted to use the facility could kind of come in and use it, but nobody knew what they were doing. There wasn't really programming around it. And over the last 17 years, we've started building programs, starting with football, um, just because it was, it was kind of normal for football to lift. And so we started building it for them and we saw some success in terms of uh, wins and losses for our football program. Um, and then that seeped into every other program on campus. And so right now we've got 18 varsity sports and at, in some capacity or another, every one of those 18 sports use our facility. Um, and that wouldn't have been possible with a 2000 square foot facility. So what we've done is just uh, allowed more opportunities for those other sports to take on what they'd wanna do for strength and conditioning and better themselves in, in so many different areas physical, emotional, spiritual, all, all down the line, but then kind of that interpersonal and intrapersonal battle with yourself and battle with others, how to become a great team. And so um, now at 11,000 square feet, we get 80 people in this facility at one time, and we still haven't lost that, that tight, a tight knit um, where we're rubbing up against one another, creating diamonds in here. And that's probably been my greatest joy is seeing that continue even in a, in a large facility like we have. That, that doesn't just happen, right? I mean, that that's not just because we're in a tight-knit space. It's not just because we're on top of each other. There has to be people, you know, greased in the wheels on that. And, and when I think about, you know, I have a thing behind me right here that says hold the rope. That was our 2010 kind of model when I was coaching there with you. And I think hold the rope, I think Rick Meyer. I think if I got a guy up there that's going to be hands bleeding, not letting go until something, you know, like, 
till he dies too, right? Till, till the, the problem is too big for him to handle. I think of you and I think that you're the person who greases the wheels to get that thing going. How do you do it, right? How do you love into people in the weight room, right? That sounds like a weird statement, right? We're going to lift weights and we're going to, but yeah, we're going to love each other. You said that. How does that happen? Hmm. It's a great question. I, I, I evaluate that every day, especially as we're trying to create something very similar for every sport. And, and to be honest with you, Jamie, it's, it's really cool when you hear that, you know, the whole, the rope, and there's been a number of different things. Um, back in my day, it was, um, you know, visiting about Eliezer in the Bible. It talks about him battling back to back with two of his others, other buddies against the Philistines and, uh, not giving up until the, the hand was frozen to the sword. Right. And so you start looking at that and it's like, man, that's a powerful, powerful visual that I want to aspire to and others want to aspire to partly because of our faith, but partly just because life is tough here on earth. Um, no question about it. Our job is to, to find a way to battle against uh, mediocrity, to battle against um, doing the mon- mundane things really well. Right. Um, but the challenge is, is that all of those things were brought up in a program before they even got to me in the weight room and before they got the coach Herm, who's my assistant in the weight room. Um, I find it's really, really easy to coach when the culture already has established itself when it walks through the doors. And that's what it did with football is it, it, it was prior to them doing the strength and conditioning. I gave them strength and conditioning back in 2005 because they wanted it because the culture was already that strong. Um, and then they just wanted to build it more and more. And um, Coach Jay talks about it all the time with the football program. You kind of come in and you establish these expectations. And then another guy wants to outdo them. And then another gal wants to outdo that. And you just keep rising and rising. And all of a sudden, um, I'm challenged to be a better coach because the, the athletes are challenging me. And uh, then I want to challenge them more. And back and forth. And I really do believe that's the whole rocks in the pocket. You know, you put those stones in there and um, they're sharpening me because uh, every day I got something to learn. And then I hopefully, and Coach Herm, hopefully, and we got some intern strength and conditioning uh, students that are here at Bethel that are biokinetics majors. Hopefully, each of us are giving something to one another that we're challenging each other to be better. And, you know, I talk about this all the time in our weight room. Um, Sometimes I find church underneath a steeple. Sometimes I go to church and I sing a song and I hear some things and it's like, oh man, that that moved me. And uh, when I think about church, it moves me to be a better man. Um, I think that happens within a number of different places, and I hope in, in all cases it happens inside of our wellness center, our, our, our weight room, that in some way guys and gals come together uh, and our coaches are a part of it and we make each other better, um, sometimes because we're challenging one another, sometimes just because we're loving and we talk about a, a kiss and a kick. That should happen inside here, but at the end of the day, you leave feeling like somebody stretched me and somebody stretched me in a really, really good way, and I might be a better um, I might be a better visual to God at the end of my session today. That's pretty cool. I, I love what that looks like. Um, and going back to your question, it's much easier when the culture comes in and they have that expectation before they even enter the weight room. Otherwise, there's some teaching that has to happen. And, um, you know, as a coach myself, I'd love for the process to be faster. Um, but ultimately, each group's a little different, but it's because of the culture that was established prior to. Coach, you have a unique experience, maybe not unique, because the more that we have these conversations, the more people come to Bethel and then they stay. Even when opportunities present themselves to, to go and do other things and, and um, take a different path in life. But take us back. You played football at Bethel at a real high level. And I remember watching you every Saturday. You you were in the same class as my uh, middle brother. And so I grew up watching you play football. So take us back to that time and how that kind of laid the foundation for you moving forward. Maybe it didn't, but I assume that there was a 
so uh, quite a few bricks in that time that laid that foundation for you to be there and ultimately still be there right now as the wellness director. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think of, I still look back and I say, those were the best years of my life. No question about it. And, uh, partly because it allowed me to be the man I am today so that I can be the, the dad I am to my two girls and the husband I am to my, to my wife. And, um, just the person that I am hopefully in my professional life as well, but it all started back in those days. I, I kind of talked about how you find church. Um, and I know back then I, I actually came up and, uh, and went to Bethel, but I was a, a Catholic before I went to Bethel and how I got to Bethel. I don't know. There was some people in my high school and my brother actually went to Bethel before me. Um, but I got to know the football program before, uh, but I played six games of high school football, um, partly because of some reasons that I, uh, my, my parents wouldn't let me start playing until I was a junior in, in high school. And then I got injured my senior year and they uh, stopped me from playing because I had a broken wrist. Um, and so I didn't get to play a lot of football and I'm not sure that I felt like I was good enough to play at a lot of places, uh, but it wasn't even about that. It was what I found when I, I visited Bethel, um, just a, a different atmosphere than I'd ever experienced before of, of guys that just found joy uh, in so many different areas of life and they included everybody in it. And that's what was really neat. And so came to Bethel, but didn't really know and understand the spiritual aspect as a Catholic. We, uh, my family, certainly my parents are unbelievable and they, um, they caused me to grow up with Christian values, but I didn't open a Bible. I don't think at any point during my life, except for on Sunday, when they told you to open to the page of where you would find the Bible verse. Uh, but I didn't know how to find it on my own. So I remember trying to get into intro to the Bible and them telling me to open to Ecclesiastes. I couldn't say it, let alone find it in the Bible. Uh, and then uh, I just felt like I was a little out of sorts. Uh, but I just remember do that during that whole time, I took classes that, um, help me to understand what this faith thing looked like. Um, and then more importantly, in, in football, especially, I found coaches and I found uh, players. I found guys like your brother, Jason, um, that, that ultimately showed me what a Christian looks like. Uh, I didn't just have to read it in the Bible and I didn't just have to um, hear a professor tell me what it should look like. I saw evidence of it. And throughout that time, um, there was kind of this combination of me wanting to learn more about my faith and just understanding, but then also loving the culture of a faithful place while at the same time, just starting to learn football. Cause I tell you when I was a freshman, I didn't know what the heck was going on. And um, unfortunately for some different injuries for some different guys, I found my way onto the playing field as a freshman and I had no business being out there. Um, but it, it allowed me to learn a ton. And uh, over the course of four years played on some unbelievable teams that did some really, really cool things for the first time at Bethel. Um, but when I got done, I still felt like I had a whole bunch to learn and, uh, and I wasn't ready to give football up. And so um, the opportunity arose when I got done at Bethel to, to go teach and coach at a high school level and did that for two years. And then uh, Bethel opened a, a spot up uh, to do a, the four or five different things that I talked about at the beginning. And I jumped all over it, even though it didn't seem like it was even a full-time job. It seemed like it was a whole bunch of things put together, but it got me a start at the place I loved. Um, learning about football, continuing to learn about football, um, continuing to learn about my faith, but then pouring into some other kids. And so uh, in the middle of that, I just desired to go back and give back to other people uh, the same things that I got when I was going through four years of, of college at Bethel. And um, that's a powerful thing when you think about coming home to your family. I did it in high school for two years um, and coached and taught. And uh, at the end of the day, I didn't bring great stuff home to my family. When I started coaching and teaching at Bethel, the paycheck isn't ridiculous. Uh, but what I bring home to my family is is worth a million bucks. And uh, I think about what my my daughters, when I was coaching, um, were able to see 
from the guys that I got to coach. I got pictures in my office still of guys that um, my two daughters are hugging like crazy. Um, and it's because they just saw evidence of what a godly man should look like. And that's pretty cool. And then uh, my wife as well. Um, you just kind of look back and say, okay, these guys continued to develop me into the man that I am. And I get to continue to do that today with uh, guys and gals that continue to stretch me daily. And so you look at the people that are back here at Bethel, it's typically because they want to give something back, but there's no doubt every single day, um, every one of them are growing too. And that's what they desire is they desire to be here to continue that journey along with uh, a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds. I was going to say that that has become a theme of the conversations that we've gotten to have is this, this desire to give back because we got so much, right? That's why we started this podcast. That's why we started our other podcasts and the, and the business stuff that we do and the way that we serve it is from that exact same place. My question is obviously we have connections to the football program. We've seen that thing really be powerful in its transformational sort of gift, right? How have you, you get to work with all the programs and I, and I just feel that that's happening everywhere right now. Are you seeing that from the new coaches, from the people that are, that are just pouring into these 18 to 22 year olds that you're talking about? Because it feels like some cool stuff is happening. It's uh, yeah, I can, uh, I can honestly say there's been, uh, there's some, been some great hires of, of some great younger coaches that understand today's youth and they're, they're different than maybe when I was younger and, maybe even when you guys were a little bit younger, um, just the, the things that they have to deal with as they're growing up. When you think about the, the stresses of social media, I mean, they've got so much at their disposal every second of the day. How do they manage all of the intake um, so that their heart can remain pure? And it's really, really difficult. And uh, we've, we've, we've hired some great coaches that are young, but understand that stuff still, and then know how to cater to these kids. And it's uh it's been really powerful to watch them come in and see how quickly they're able to, to create their culture around what they want to do. Um, but every one of them, the most powerful part about them is that they are as relational as you can get. Um, and it's not in a soft way. They've got a great balance of accountability and love. And with that accountability and love, you talk about sports. In order to be great at sports, you have to be disciplined. And uh, that's one of the things that I think the world right now has taken away from us is the ability to be really disciplined just because there's so many things coming at us. How do I manage all of that? And what do I spend my time on? What's the important stuff? Sometimes that gets really, um, it gets really messy. And in the middle of that, it's probably one of the best things that a, as an 18 to 22 year old, when you leave your parents that probably did that for you most of your life or somebody that, that was a caretaker for you. And now you're on your own. You're trying to, you're trying to navigate that. A coach might be the person that you listen to the most and is going to give you an opportunity to really uh, start learning how to do that on your own. And it doesn't come softly. Sometimes it, it comes with a little bit of a kick, um, but they've got a nice blend of being able to kick and kiss at the same time um, or when appropriate. And then on the other side of that, these guys and gals um, just come up with this incredible amount of respect um, that really does allow them to, and I think this is the key, sacrifice. Um, I think about my own journey. Um, the things that allowed me to be great was the, the first time that I said it's not about me and I was willing to sacrifice something for somebody else. Um, when you've got that opportunity and you start learning that it's not about you and that it is more important to give away to somebody else and to something else, um, it's powerful. On my board behind me, I've got a word that uh, um, a coach used to share quite a bit when I was first at Bethel and it was powerful for me, but it was Agona. Um, and it basically translates into uh, full expenditure of energy for a worthy cause. And I think about that so often that um, we all have worthy causes, but very few of us, including me, 
do a great job of giving full expenditure of energy to it. Many times the number one thing that causes us not to give full expenditure of energy to something is selfishness, is I want it for myself. I want, I want this, I want this, I want this, and it doesn't align with that thing that I care so deeply about. And that's a tough thing to try to figure out that and to try to navigate that. Uh, and that's where a, a coach can be really, really powerful to try to continue to instill into these guys and gals what it means to sacrifice and to go after those things that are incredibly important, even if it means sacrificing some of your own um, things that are going to come back and maybe maybe be your dreams, maybe be your aspirations, but the the team or the culture or this endeavor is more important than you alone. Um, and that's pretty cool because I, I think about it myself and I would imagine you two knowing uh, where you guys are in life. Um, I've got to sacrifice every day for my two girls. It's not easy to always go home and choose to go and pick them up from dance or volleyball and do this. I'd like to do something else. Um, there's times that I've got to sacrifice for my wife. I've got to sacrifice for my professional job. And the cool thing is, is I learned that from Bethel football and every single day I get that reinforced from the people that I get to work with. If I'm going to preach it, um, I've got to make sure that I'm going to back it up with my own self. Um, and every day, I don't care who you are. Um, being a Christian might be the toughest thing that we do. And uh, I think it's because of that right there. It's hard for us to actually put ourselves aside and to chase after the things we care so deeply about. Coach, I can't think of a better way to, to wrap up our conversation. I think you, uh, you know, to use another one of coaches, you brought good juice for us today and, and every day. And this is why Jamie and I do this and why we want to share these conversations and highlight people like you and everybody else that's, that is building collectively that culture that is accountability at Bethel University and growing to, to compete at a high level, but ultimately live in, in such a way right? That, you know, we're, we're honoring our, our King and, and the person, the reason that we are alive. So appreciate your time today. And uh, man, I'm fired up. Go get them today. Love it. Thanks for having me on guys. I, um, you don't know, but uh, you do know, probably I'm big fans of your guys and uh, not just because you're doing a little show. So I should say that, but because you guys are uh, your top notch guys that uh, I know what your hearts are. So appreciate you guys and I uh, love you to death. Love you too, coach. Thank you for joining us on this episode of We Are BU. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another fantastic conversation. In the meantime, check out the Bethel Athletics website for up-to-date scores, team schedules, highlights, all those sorts of things. The biggest thing that we ask about this and our goal is to grow one another, to get better every day. Subscribe, follow, and share it with somebody that you think may find value. It's a great day to be a Royal. See you next time.